0: Welcome to Ballistic Radio. Join us as we explore the subtlety and nuance inside the world of personal protection. Listen as industry experts, thought leaders, and pioneers investigate why it depends is the answer of champions.
1: Ballistic Radio, critical thought over empty rhetoric. Ballistic Radio is brought to you by Big Tech's Ordinance. Big Tech's Ordinance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order.
0: Visit them online at bigtechsordinance.com. And now, here's your host. John Johnston. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Text Ordinance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at bigtextordinance.com. I'm your host, John Johnston. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at the newly updated and modernized. We've got like an S after the HTTP now, Uh, ballisticradio.com. And get the latest behind the scenes, info, arguments, photos, videos, other stuff at Facebook.com slash Ballistic Radio. I am super excited about today because joining us, um, a very good friend of mine and someone who's doing really interesting work and approaching things from a direction that I don't think enough people are, uh, Tessa Gabrielle, aka Armed and Styled. Tessa, how's it going?
1: It's going well. How are you?
0: Oh, I can't complain at all. Uh, well, I try not to anyway. So, but, uh, today's been pretty good. Today's been pretty good. And despite only having gotten three and a half hours sleep, I, um, I'm actually in a really good mood. So I double thumbs up from me.
1: The puppy keeping you up?
0: Yeah. You know, no, the puppy's not keeping me up. It's mainly existential dread. Um, and I was, uh, I actually was, was watching the Batman last night and I'm like, Oh, I'll only watch like an hour of this because I'm sure it's not very good, and then I couldn't stop the movie because I loved it and it was amazing. So that's uh, that's my excuse or explanation. I guess it's not an excuse if I just say this is what happened. But um, for those that don't know, uh, who haven't maybe seen your videos or followed the Armed and Styled Instagram page, which I highly recommend you do. Uh, who are you and what do you do? And we'll hop right into today's episode.
1: I'm not always great at these little summaries, but um, I basically am just, you know, your average concealed carrier, and I started in on that process uh, the same way a lot of other people do. And I realized that it was a really big challenge to kind of navigate all of that as a beginner and try to get into using safe gear and stuff that I could actually conceal in and. Um, Basically just navigating all of that as a beginner. And so I kind of started sharing that process before I even really knew what I was doing or talking about (laughs) and um, kind of got to learn along the way. And I've been able to adapt that content to hopefully share with other people the mistakes that I've made and um, the mistakes that I'm hopefully avoiding and how I'm doing that. Uh, The main content that I talk about and share about is concealment related I've learned a lot about concealment mechanics and um, just the, the way that you can conceal a gun. And I share about that uh, pretty, pretty regularly, both on my Instagram and my YouTube channel.
0: Well, and that's actually been something that's been pretty impressive for me to watch has been because um, I've known you for a couple of years now.
1: Ah, like a year and a half.
0: Mm, longer than that, I think, because you guys came out to that test and standards Same. in Arizona. And yeah. that was in a oh no, you're right. You're right. About a year and year and a half. Maybe two. But we years. were
1: talking before that. We like yeah. we met in like a phone call way for a couple of months before that.
0: Yeah. Um my sense of time anymore. But the thing <laughs> that's impressed me, and you you Pointed something out, so you were sharing information before you really knew, you know, um, exactly what the deal was, and that's actually been a very common experience that I've heard a lot of people tell me. And and personally, on a personal level, I did the same exact thing, but the you seem to have gotten to a place where. Frankly, you're much more mature and humble about it and have progressed much more quickly than uh, certainly I ever did so kudos to you um, My question for you, I guess, is specific to concealment the oftentimes people get hung up on like what gun they carry and and which holster they use and things like that and that that is of course part of it. But something that I've really enjoyed about your content, especially when I first became aware of it, was sort of your focus on the actual styling portion of, you know, concealment. And and what I mean by that is like the clothes that you wear and even how those clothes are constructed and how that impacts everything and I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit and maybe share your thoughts on whether or not we pay enough attention to that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So I, I started focusing a lot on, on style well before I was even remotely interested in carrying a gun. And I worked at this adorable boutique in Georgia when right after my husband and I got married and I learned a lot about fashion and styling people. Um, there. And that kind of sparked my interest in style. And then when I started considering carrying a gun, it felt like a huge roadblock for me because um, style had just become kind of a part of my life and personality. Yeah. And I kind of just thought that carrying a gun, I couldn't continue to look feminine. I just hadn't really seen it done before. Mm-hmm. And as I started, you know, working through concealment, I didn't know what I was doing in terms of concealment. I didn't know what purpose a wing or a wedge served or anything about holster design. And so all I kind of had in my toolbox was how do I basically hide this gun behind um, fabric drape and a wall of clothing while also still, you know, dressing how I like to dress. And, and- that
0: Sorry, no, you you continue. I have a horrible habit of interrupting people, and frankly, no one's here to hear me talk. Um, so please continue.
1: I also have a habit of not taking breaths between sentences. So Mm. (laughs) if I pause, it's because I want you to have the opportunity to interject. But um so within that, I started, you know, carrying a gun and I started working through that process and quickly realizing that certain um, pieces of clothing, certain styles of dress were absolutely not conducive with how I was carrying a gun at the time. And I learned that certain fabrics performed very, very differently in terms of fabric drape and how, how easily I could conceal a gun. And it, it became really clear to me that you know natural fibers as far as like silk or linen or even wool, cashmere, any kind of natural fiber tends to have um, kind of a structure of its own. It's just generally more structured and it can actually change depending on what it's blended with or even how you dried the garment, um, depending on how, how, um, how much structure it's going to have to it. And so I learned that certain fabrics were working much better for that. And so I was able to kind of, kind of cater my closet to that in a way and make an effort to purchase uh, only natural fiber tops. And that made a huge difference in terms of both kind of being concealed, but also being able to um, continue to dress in a way that was feminine.
0: Man, I have so many questions about this because like this is this is an area that um, I... I don't know nearly as much about this sort of thing as I do about some of the topics that come up. So this is really exciting for me. And we're going to, we're going to get more into sort of like the technical side of that thing as, um, you know, as we get to the later segments, a question I'd like to ask before we do that though, is you, is you said something that, that kind of struck me and that was, You know, essentially, the thought that if you were going to carry a gun, you didn't think that you could still look feminine because you hadn't seen it done that much. And the question is, do you think, as self-defense-minded people, whether we're talking about, you know, men, women, whichever, that we don't pay enough attention to? preserving someone's personal identity through style when we're talking about them going armed
1: that's the way I understand your question that's kind of
0: I asked my question very very poorly so (laughs) if you understand it that's great because I said it and I'm like (laughs) oh
1: so basically like yeah based off of the way I understand your question I think that that's kind of tough to navigate because i mean yeah every everybody has their own personal style, whether it's um you know yoga pants and uh pumpkin spice latte like you
0: Wow uh, <laughs> I mean accurate, but wow, I thought we were friends <laughs> now anyway, continue
1: um or you know or if it's even j- or bring like a suit to work every day, everybody kind of has their own way that they like to dress. And sometimes the way that people kind of come into the world of concealed carry, uh, they come into it with a style of dress that's already conducive to carrying a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that kind of plays into uh, gun selection and, you know, kind of what you mentioned at the beginning, um, gear selection, holsters, all of that is kind of the foundation of concealment and, you know, clothing selection, uh, fit, fabric, all of that is, are also key components. But I, I would say that, you know, the foundation of it is your gear selection and understanding of how to apply concealment mechanics to your body and um, placement. Mm-hmm. But I do think generally when you step or when I stepped into the world of concealed carry, it was a gun is supposed to be um, comforting, not comfortable and yeah. You ought to dress around the gun, like the whole point is to have the gun with you, and nothing else matters. Um, and that just that just didn't work for me. I was honestly, I'm a very stubborn person. I was raised to be that way, <laughs> and I I was not really willing to do that, whether you know for good or bad. I wasn't really willing to to lay that down. And so you know, it became somewhat of a mission of mine to to work my you know, current wardrobe or something similar into the world of concealed carry. And there's, there's going to be certain kinds of clothing that are just, you just really can't, um, conceal a gun in like a, a full spandex suit. Like that's not going to work. Um, the gun has to go somewhere, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah, no. Um, I've got more questions, but we're up on a break. So Uh, I will ask my questions when we get back. Right now, we're talking with Tessa from Armed and Styled. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Tech's Ordnance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at bigtechsordinance.com. This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat, makers of the finest custom 1911s and scatter guns since 1977, a legacy of quality innovation and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories, as well as the X9 family of firearms, which offers discriminating shooters, 1911 match grade accuracy, superior ergonomics, and concealability with modern service pistol capacity, as well as reliability at wilsoncombat.com. We're talking with Tessa from Armand Styled. I do have to say, Tessa, every time I read the Wilson Combat ad, and I love them because they've been amazing to me for years. But I always think, God, what jerk wrote this ad? It's so hard to read. And then I remember it was me, and I go, Oh, yeah. So
1: we're, we all enjoy listening to you fumble through it. It's great. I,
0: I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> so you, you know, you were talking about you know, the gun is supposed to be comforting, not comfortable and kind of your thoughts and experiences with that. And it's kind of, for me, odd because, you know, I still think of my, I think of myself as younger if I'm not talking to my younger friends um, and ask them where they were on certain dates. But I realize I've been doing this long enough that you know, what is possible now with the concealment technology that we have was not, I mean, it was possible, but not the same way. And it was not as easily achievable. And it was dependent on certain things that it's just not dependent on now. And I realized that the, the landscape has changed somewhat and, you know, which is really cool. Um, but also again, makes me feel old sometimes the, So you were talking about how you didn't want to sacrifice essentially your identity just to carry a gun. And do you think that, because I know you speak to a lot of people and you have a lot of people reach out to you and and things like that. Do you think that the, do you think that that is a bigger factor for people than we give credit to? Not, and let me clarify that. Like them being concerned about not having to dress in a essentially a burlap sack to hide a gun. I think
1: that it's, I think that it is a big factor for a lot of people stepping into it, especially kind of people that didn't grow up in that environment, in the like tactical kind of environment, or even just like a a family with involved in hunting or anything in that realm, I think that it can be a huge factor, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't know that I could really elaborate on it a whole lot just because it's so, it's so dependent and it's also like, there is, there is some amount of truth to, um, you know, potentially needing to change some of those things Mm -hmm. when you're considering carrying a gun. I mean, uh, carrying a gun is a a big deal it's a it's a huge change i would say it's been it's been a huge change for me as i've stepped into it and i think to some extent it's a good thing that it requires you to change some things or that it can require you to change some things about your lifestyle um because i i think that kind of can cause you to think a little bit more and think about whether or not um carrying a gun is Conducive to your lifestyle, and even your level of preparedness, but I think that people kind of they they can blow it out of proportion sometimes. I think um, that's what I did, just solely because I didn't have the the education to to really know how to carry a gun. Period, and so it felt like I was kind of navigating it all with with no point of reference yeah but the education exists, and you know that's something that I'm working on and also working on with John and Sarah over at Filster to make all of that content more easily consumable and more readily available so that you know people stepping into the to it for the first time have a lot more to work with, and they don't have to go through that whole process of um, just trying a bunch of different things and having a frustrating um, you know, process there.
0: Yeah, no. And it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, because again, just looking at the history of things and watching like the building blocks and, and, you know, how things have ended up where they're at, it's, it's actually really cool for me to see that, um, going specifically to the wardrobe thing and like the technical aspects of that, I think a lot of people. So I'm I'm going to ask about this, and and you're going to give amazing insight into all of this. But the something that I kind of want to just point out to anyone that's listening to this, it would be easy to mistake this as advice specifically for people, um, you know, for for females, right? Mm-hmm. And these things are going to hold true as far as like material choices and things like that um whether or not you're male or female or in between yeah oh yeah cool um i guess my first question is when you say natural fibers um for for the people that you know have zero interest in clothes or material selection or anything like that when you say natural fibers what exactly are you referencing I know it's it's kind of one of those things like well they're natural fibers but what would fall into that
1: category so yeah natural fibers are just pretty much anything that's not man-made so Mm -hmm. uh wool and cashmere silk and uh linen cotton any of those things that you can like derive from a plant or uh in silk's case uh What are they? Worms? I think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. And wool and cashmere obviously from different kinds of sheep, but I think that with, with like wool and cashmere, people kind of have a general misconception that it's really itchy Mm -hmm. and that that's really dependent on where it was sourced from and how it was processed and all of that. Um, that's something that I kind of geek out about on a little bit is how certain fabrics are processed and how they came to be, because I've found that in some cases it can make a difference on how they perform. And I, I used to work for a wool company in Oregon and I got really into wool Yeah. Anyways, sorry. I'm already geeking about it. Oh,
0: I, I got super excited about socks the other day. Um, <laughs> merino wool socks. Yeah, so good. Yeah. So, no, I understand. That was another way that I realized I was old because, <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, socks would have been like, oh, my God, the worst thing. And this time I'm like, oh, these are amazing. But so so natural fibers, plants, insects, animals. Um, and those tend to work a little bit better. Are, are there inside of that? Are there ones that are hands down, I guess, more ideal than others, or is it pretty much just any natural fiber?
1: So you kind of get, you kind of get big swings depending on how those fabrics are mixed, but generally for concealment purposes, linen is like one of the strongest and most structured fabrics that you can get. Um, And because of that, they conceal really nicely because they kind of, it's because of the way they drape on your body because they have that structure. So, you know, with like a, an exercise top, that's really, really stretchy and it doesn't even necessarily have to fit you tight. It just drapes kind of on your body in such a way that it's going to be more likely to kind of, follow the shape of the gun on your body. Sure, And it's, it's just the, you know, those fabrics are just not as forgiving. If you have any kind of discrepancies in your concealment, you know, with your gear selection and, you know, application, then, you know, those, those exercise material tops are not necessarily going to perform well. Those polyester kind of tops are yeah, more likely to conforms to your body. So I would say, yeah, linen is is amazing at concealment, but it also wrinkles really easily. And so I found that the best combination you can possibly get for performance, like comfort and concealability is a linen and wool blend because the wool is going to kind of be self-cleaning and it's mm-hmm. also going to keep the wrinkles um at bay from the linen.
0: So I just need to get a bunch of t-shirts with unicorns on them that are made of linen and wool and I'm sure someone somewhere makes those.
1: Honestly, for you you don't even really need to do the linen wool because the uh unicorns generally serve as like social camouflage.
0: <laughs> got it. Got it. I do uh I do appreciate that uh that sort of byproduct of that. Yes. Um I I've got some more questions about this but we're up on the uh the next break so Uh, when we get back, more (laughs) deep dives and nerdery about uh, material selection and really how to set yourself up for success. But right now we're talking with uh, Tessa from Armed and Styled. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Tech's Ordinance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at bigtechsordinance.com. This segment also brought to you by Big Tech's Ordinance. Big Tech's Ordinance is the best place for you to find all of your everyday carry needs at the absolute best prices. Maybe need all the candela from Modlight at the lowest price? No problem. Spend too much time alone in your room, and now you need an optic on your pistol. Well Big Tech's Ordnance has those. Block accessories, yes. Fast, cheap shipping, 100% hassle-free returns, all that and more. And best of all, Big Tech's Ordnance has Ike. He's a good man and thorough. I like Ike. Everybody likes Ike. And you'll like Ike too. Visit bigtechsordinance.com today and find out what happens when every customer is a friend. Not just an order. Also, depending on when this episode gets published, you might have a day or two left to get signed up for their big giant backpack full of awesomeness giveaway that they're doing. Uh, you can find that information on their webpage. So we're talking with uh, Tessa from Armed and Styled, and you know you you brought up social camouflage, and I actually want to get at, into that in another minute, but going back to like material blends and, and that sort of thing. So the best that you found is some sort of mix of linen and, in a wool. Um, and there's probably a lot more of that available than people think probably everything from, you know, well, I don't know. So like, what, what did they make, uh, using linen and wool blends?
1: So, I actually would say that assumption is incorrect. They're not super easy to find. Really? Yes. Um, particularly that linen and wool blend. I've honestly only found one or two companies that do it consistently. And they, I haven't found any that make um, shirts like that for women. It's actually a lot easier to come across blends like that for men's clothing. Um. So for me, I tend to focus on finding linen tops that are blended with cotton, just because I can typically find those. And honestly, it's really simple to find those in places like Marshall's, you know, TJ Maxx, those kind of discount stores. Mm -hmm. And oh, what was the other? So the other thing about natural fibers is that they're generally more expensive, unless you're talking about something like cotton, Um, like a, a pure linen, a pure wool, a cashmere, like those things tend to be more costly than, you know, getting your, your Hanes t-shirts. But I found that if you're willing to look secondhand back in the day, natural fibers were the standard. That's what everyone used. Um, So you can find things like that in um, consignment stores and thrift stores that are really, really gently used, but they're at a much more um, reasonable price point.
0: Hmm. All right. So if if someone's not wanting to go thrifting, uh, maybe they don't have the time, or uh, they just don't appreciate the awesomeness that is uh, a really good thrift find, are there any brands that, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but if someone was like, all right, cool, I trust you guys, Natural Fibers, got it, give me a website, Yeah, I'll buy stuff from them, like where... Where would people look?
1: So for men's clothing, uh, mm-hmm. my husband tries to get shirts from wool and prints. They make really, really quality shirts and they have that really awesome wool and linen blend. For both men and women, you can you can pretty consistently find good linen tops, whether they're short sleeve, long sleeve, for both men and women at Banana Republic. J. Crew, that kind of general line of of brands, you know, Loft, those brands tend to more consistently put out at least natural fiber blends, not not usually one hundred percent, but um, those are kind of the brands I can think of off the top of my head, and those are generally um, more easily affordable brands as well.
0: Nice. I'm like literally looking at woolen prints. I'm like, oh, oh these yeah. things look good. Mm-hmm. I, it also looks like I need to make more money or you know <laughs> buy more money. Yes. Um,
1: you might need to take up you, John.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, and then and then there's the, the question of time and what that's worth and whether or not it's yeah, that that's so far away from what we're talking about right now. Though, um, as far as like, what about like cuts, like styles, um, either for men or women? or are, are there certain kinds of tops um that work better than others and this is assuming that someone's not just cool throwing a hoodie on and calling it good which, which is an answer that's fine i'm certainly not going to throw any stones uh at how someone chooses to dress that'd be pretty hypocritical of me but um is there are there general rules of thumb there
1: um. Yes and no. Like generally you're you're not wanting to wear something that is really tight fitting. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to wear, you know, a paper bag, but generally you're not going to be able to wear something that's tight fitting. Um that's that's really the main thing that you'll want to avoid. Generally, you know, having something that has a um what's the word I'm looking for? Pattern to it can help distract and also I think in some cases, like with your unicorns, create social camouflage.
0: Well, let's let's talk about social camouflage. So when you say social camouflage, what exactly are you talking about?
1: I don't know that I could give you like a really great definition. This is actually something that um, I've learned from listening to Sarah Hauptman. She did an awesome video on that on Filster's YouTube channel. But basically social camouflage are is more or less things that you choose to dress yourself with, or even I'd go as far as to say is like an attitude that tells somebody that you're most certainly not the kind of person that is going to have a gun. So yeah, like you with your unicorns or me with uh, a sundress and a pair of heels, like those things don't generally... um, tell people that there is a gun on you, whether your concealment is stellar or not, essentially, you know, somebody looks at you and they assess that situation and you've created an, an appearance, an attitude that tells them that that's, that's not the case.
0: Right. Well, and it's funny you mentioned that because I was at a, um, uh, uh, a function, a school function for my, uh, daughter. Uh, last at the, at the end of last year. And as I was walking into the school, I, um, saw a gentleman walking out and, you know, I I'm going to describe this guy and you tell me whether or not you think he had a gun on and then I'll, I'll go further. Um, he had Merrill hiking boots on, um, khaki cargo pants, uh, black polo shirt, <laughs> um, earth tone hat with no insignia on it. And
1: oh, was he printing on his right hip?
0: Um, He was not very much, not, not very much at all. Like it was, I mean, I probably wouldn't have noticed it had I not seen the other things to look for it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of, and I we don't need to get into the conversation about how much printing matters because mm. frankly, I'd like to pretend like people just all, agreed that it matters and i know that's not the case and that's fine but it just sometimes gives me a headache um but but yeah that that guy looked like he had a gun on mm-hmm. um you know so and it, it was just funny to me uh and it could have been an off-duty police officer i don't know but yeah. um again i think that paying attention to the messaging that that you're sending out to people um, just in how you dress and even, you know, what stickers are on your vehicle or or anything like that. Probably an important thing. Um, hmm, I have timed this poorly because I could ask a question right now, but then we'll almost certainly have to go to break. Here, here's what I'll do. I'll ask my next question and you can have the break to think about how you would like to respond to it. Um, have you encountered much pushback is you're expressing these ideas to people where essentially i guess folks are like well none of this matters because you should just dress around the gun like they almost get caught in this loop of not getting the point i i'd like to hear your experience with that if it's happened or hasn't happened but like I said, I'll give you the break to think about it. Uh, right now, we're talking with Tessa from Armed and Styled. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Tech's Ordnance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at bigtechsordinance.com. So we're talking with Tessa from Armed and Styled, and I essentially... I guess, really, at base level, what I was asking about is how frequently do you run into people where it's like, hey, here's this thing I found out and here's all the evidence of it? And they just completely blow you off. So,
1: yeah, that's absolutely a thing. And I I think I actually dealt with it a lot more towards the beginning. And honestly, I get a lot more pushback when I talk about holstering a gun safely than I do when I talk about concealment. Right. But, I mean, just just last week, two weeks ago, I put together a really comprehensive video on concealment and, you know, I was met with a couple of comments that were quite literally, I quote, you know, well, a gun's not supposed to be comfortable. It's supposed to be comforting. And because, you know, when I'm talking about concealment, I also talk about comfort, because if you're not comfortable, what are you going to do? Are you going to try to shift and shift the gun in different ways so that you can feel comfortable. If you're uncomfortable enough, you might be giving away your concealment as you're kind of suffering through that. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or you might just choose not to carry at all, which is what some people do, but it it strikes me. It's like, it's not like you're saying like, Oh, don't carry a gun unless you're comfortable. You're literally saying why not both? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I definitely experienced some like, pushback on that and just like general disagreements on it. And, and also, you know, sometimes I'll be explaining a concealment principle, like the keel principle, for some reason, um, gets people kind of up in arms. They don't really, I don't know if it's like a misunderstanding of it or what, but I'll definitely get, you know, some pushback on the keel principle, which is essentially, you know, if, if you're carrying a gun with a short barrel, you're going to be more likely to deal with painful hotspots down by the muzzle because mm-hmm. the gun's going to want to tip away from your body. And so generally you want to use a longer holster with that gun to keep it from keeling.
0: And, you know, again, I I think it's incredible that this information is more readily available because it wasn't always. And the amount of effort that that can save people is pretty huge. I mean, is there one concept that you've, you know, learned along this journey uh, and that you're now conveying to people that you really wish you had just known from the start? Like, oh my God, if, if someone had just told this to me right at the beginning, this would have been so easy mode.
1: I don't know if there's a one concept, but, and this makes me feel almost, this makes me feel silly that it didn't occur to me, but I didn't really realize that kind of the the general way that you achieve concealment is to make the gun kind of sit close to your body, closest to to your body as possible. Yeah. Generally, you know, the grip of the gun, the edge of the grip of the gun is going to be what is going to cause the most printing. And I just, it just didn't occur to me. I didn't realize that was the thing. I thought I needed the smallest gun I could possibly pick because I'm a small person and therefore small gun equals good concealment. (laughs)
0: Well, and it's funny to me because like you say that, And you're like, oh, I feel silly. I should have known this. The number of times where I see um, men and women like post a picture of like a a setup or um, you know whatever, and you know they've they they're not wearing any concealment because they're showing it right. But I can see how it's sitting on their body. I'm like, oh wow. Um, I don't know if that's a crappy product or not. Like I suspect it is, but at the very least, it is horribly, um, not set up well. And like anyone, anyone that knows like how this all works would be able to look at something immediately and just be like, yep, nope, no go. But like the number of people that (laughs) include, including manufacturers Mm
1: -hmm. that
0: don't, I mean, so that's not, is common sense or common knowledge. It's not common sense or common knowledge at all. A lot of people just don't understand that. Um, Is there, and I, and I hate to do this because I think that the information you put out is um, really just relevant to everyone, but I, I will ask you a female specific question kind of. Um. is there something that you really wish um, women like just, just you can wave a magic wand and any woman that's interested in carrying a gun, is there anything that you wish they knew that, you know, seems to come up a lot or, I mean, so what I I don't know if that makes sense what I'm asking or not. (laughs)
1: Um, I, I honestly, I, I can think of something that I encounter sure. women more often than I do with men, but it's absolutely gender neutral, honestly. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if I really could think of something that is not, but, um, that is just that just because, you know, somebody, uh, a girl that you trust or a girl that you know, who carries a gun is using this particular gun or this particular holster and she seems to be doing well just because that's working for her does not mean that it is safe or that it can work for you. That was, that, that was how I, you know, got into my very first holster, which was indeed the sticky holster. And, um, a friend of mine who was, you know, kind of already in the firearms industry and seemed like she certainly had a lot more information than I did, gifted me this holster. And let me tell you the, the, um, the respectful arguments that I had with my spouse about that holster um, (laughs) were uh, based entirely off of the fact that this, you know, other female who I'd asked for opinion gifted me this product, you know, to me that, that validated its use.
0: Well, and it kind of strikes me that. (sighs) Let me think of a nice way to say this. (laughs) A positive review is only as good as the level of knowledge and experience of the person leaving the review. Yeah, um, and I think people sort of miss out on that sometimes um, because you know I can, uh, <laughs> I can think of any number of products that I find to be completely wretched that. I could find a million positive reviews on it. And, you know, just without that frame of reference, the review doesn't really mean too much. Negative review doesn't really mean that much either. Um, Unless you know the frame of reference uh, that the person has. I mean, well, there's some, there are some exceptions to that, but, you know, as a general rule of thumb, like, Someone has to be knowledgeable before they can have an opinion Mm. that's worth listening
1: to. I don't know. That's my thoughts. Honestly, I think that's probably, that was certainly one of my greatest challenges when I stepped into the world of guns and concealed carry. And I think that that's a huge challenge for a lot of people is kind of deciphering who to consume information from both, both on concealment related things, you know, gear related things, but also, um that's a question I get constantly is how do I differentiate a good instructor from a bad instructor and it's it's kind of a really nuanced question that's that can be really really hard to discuss with somebody who doesn't have that frame of reference
0: yeah and I don't know how you get I don't know how we get that across to people without coming across as just sort of elitist
1: mm-hmm. you know yeah
0: um it's a challenge certainly a challenge it's certain it's certainly something that i was very bad at for a very long time and I sort of just reverted to being a jerk, um, which, you know, in retrospect, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that I wish I hadn't done it because that's how I got here, but um, I don't do it anymore, or at least I try really hard not to. So, but anyway, um, we're coming up on the end of the show. Is there something that you'd leave people with or, you know, any, any closing thoughts or something you'd like to talk about? Uh, Just anything at all.
1: Something that I would like to leave people with. Um, Well, since this, this video was about, or this uh, episode was about concealment related things. uh, Basically what I would just leave, you know, the people listening with is that concealment is a challenge. You know, it's, it's made up of a number of different things that can ultimately equal success. And it kind of requires that you do some research and kind of tinker with your holsters and placement and clothing materials, clothing style. And there's also more to concealment than, than just that, you know, like we talked about social camouflage. So I would encourage you, if this is something that you're struggling with, to start learning about that process and learning about what it means to conceal a gun and what kind of mechanics you might be able to use to your advantage and start working through that process.
0: Awesome. So if people want to find your content or see what you're up to or any of that sort of thing, where can they do that at?
1: Um, So you can find me on Instagram at armed underscore and underscore style. I had to make that as difficult as possible. And then um, you can find my my website at armedandstyle.net because I couldn't get .com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you can also find me on YouTube at armed and style.
0: Well, hey, at least YouTube's the easy one, right?
1: It is, wow. yes.
0: Perfect. Hey, Tessa, thanks so much for um, taking time out of your day to talk with us um it means a lot to me and it's been really cool to see what you've been up to um it, it's just super cool and i'm i'm excited to see what else you get up to as well uh please pass along my regards to your better half because um, he's he's kind of okay as also you know so <laughs> but um cool hey guys make sure you check out our website ballisticradio.com like our facebook page at facebook.com slash ballistic radio and hey if you think we deserve it please keep leaving those five-star reviews on itunes it really helps us out thanks for listening everyone as always be safe and see you next week